0: Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. These are the prison epistles. Good morning, everyone. A couple of weeks ago, when I was speaking at our cathedral Sunday morning gathering, I talked on the armor of God and how we need to be wearing the armor of God in order to fend off the enemy. We talked about spiritual warfare that Sunday. And it is true that in our revolutionary life of following Jesus, It's more akin to living on a warship than on a cruise ship. And I know that that's sometimes hard for people to hear, but it's true. Uh, Our fight is not against flesh and blood, but there is a battle. And it's a battle that we will be in for the rest of our lives. And God has given us victory in that battle. Let us be assured of that, and has provided us the weapons to use that are not against people, but are against the spiritual powers in the heavenly places. Uh, And he writes about that, the Apostle Paul does. God tells us about that when it says, "'We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, "'but against the evil rulers "'and authorities of the unseen world, "'against mighty powers in this dark world, "'and against evil spirits in the heavenly places.'" And so we talked a couple weeks ago about putting on the armor of God and standing firm. Uh, Today, as we talk about prayer and intercession and spiritual warfare, I wanna focus on just one aspect of that and that is the battle over our minds. The battle over our minds. And in our struggle with our enemy, our minds, I believe, are the key to victory. And I think God says that clearly too. Romans chapter 12 says this, do not conform any longer to the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. The transformation of our minds. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, there's lots of material that you can read beyond the scriptures about spiritual warfare. Uh, one author I found particularly helpful, he's a bit of an unknown guy, but his name is Francis Frangipane. He's written a great book. He's written a number of good books. But one of them talks about the three battlegrounds. And I'm not going to go through a lot of that today. But I am going to quote him a couple of the times in uh, our Uh, talk of today of of intercession and spiritual warfare. Uh, Here's the truth. When we come to Jesus our salvation is assured. We know that, don't we? Jesus says, once you are saved, you are saved forever. I am with you and I will never leave you. Our sins are forgiven, our future with Him is assured uh, and guaranteed, and our lives are possessed by His Spirit. We are possessed by the Holy Spirit of God. However, Within all of that, there remains for us the work of getting rid of what Jesus called the strongholds that the enemy continues to have in our lives. And our journey into holiness and daily victory over our old lives of sin and the strongholds that our enemy occupies uh, is is something that we need to pay particular attention to because he will at times hide out in areas of our lives. And those areas the Bible calls strongholds and we need to pay attention to them. Now, we have the weapons to take care of that because Paul also says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world, but on the contrary, they have divine power, supernatural power to demolish strongholds. And we demolish those arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought. There's our minds again. We take captive every thought and make it, obedience to Christ, make it obedient, pardon me, to Christ. So, pulling down strongholds, what does it involve? I believe it involves confronting attitudes and thought patterns that have become within us fortified places for the enemy to occupy and hide out in within our lives. Let me say that again. Strongholds that the enemy occupies in our lives are often thought patterns that have become within us those fortified places. Why are they fortified and why is he there? Because we have not yet submitted our minds to God in some of those areas. And we choose instead to think uh, human thoughts about things instead of godly thoughts. Let me give you an example, one perhaps many of us deal with, uh, the issue of financial security. When we think about our money, Jesus promises that God will take complete care of us, doesn't he? and provide for us. In Matthew, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says don't worry about what you're going to wear or how you're going to live. Your Father who cares for the sparrows and who cares for the earth will care for you as well. You can count on that. But we often don't believe that, do we? And when we refuse to believe what God says, we take it on ourselves to ensure that we will live at the level of comfort and pleasure and of need that we believe we are entitled to. And as a result, we often withhold our generosity to those people and places that desperately need what God has given us to joyfully and purposely then give to them. Because God gives us those things to distribute, and then we have the joy of distributing His resources to the world through our lives. When we hold on to such a thought pattern, it can be a stronghold that the enemy lives in, and it breeds insecurity. Will God really take care of me? I must fend for myself, and so such thought patterns become rooted out of the old things in our lives and stay rooted in our new life in Jesus because we have not submitted that to him and it can become a stronghold. Now, I'm not saying that the enemy possesses us. We are possessed by God's spirit when we come to Christ, but he can still hang out in those areas of our lives where we allow him to by refusing to give those things over to God and by confronting some of the places that he has occupied before we ever met Jesus Christ. So, I wanna give you the truth today. The truth is this, any area of our life that is not completely and permanently surrendered to God is vulnerable to remaining a stronghold that the enemy can and will occupy. And when we refuse to submit completely and consistently to God, these strongholds keep us from victory in Jesus in many areas of our lives in any area that the stronghold may exist. Let me give you another quick example. Think about marriage for a moment. You know, I've known many people who have struggled in their marriage and who within their struggle take a good step. They say, I'm gonna go attend a marriage weekend. We're gonna go there together and we're going to seek to grow and to heal and to move forward together in our marriage. And they go. And they may have a few good days or a few good weeks following but many times what happens is that they don't have permanent success in their marriage in the areas that they formerly struggled in because they really fail to address the strongholds of perhaps selfishness or control or fear or sin in their old lives that keeps them from practicing the mutual submission to one another and to God that the Bible talks about. The old patterns of behaviors that are strongholds for the enemy to hide out in in their marriage continue to the exist. They may have temporarily faced uh, their issue but they haven't gone to the roots of it and submitted their lives completely to God for their marriage. And it reminds me a bit of what Jesus says when he writes about how uh, you know when someone cleans out their house uh, and the evil spirits are chased out, chased out, Pardon me. the evil spirits can come back uh, because nothing has been replaced and their new patterns haven't been brought forward. New power of the Holy Spirit in that area of their life hasn't been invited in. They may have chased out the old for a temporary time, but they haven't permanently fixed it. And Matthew says that, when an evil spirit leaves a person, these are the words of Jesus, it goes into the desert seeking rest, it finds none, and then it says, I'll return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds the former home empty, swept and in order, and then it moves in with more spirits than itself, and it becomes worse off than before. So what is the solution? I believe the solution is this. We must practice with God intercession for these areas of our lives by submitting them completely to God. And when we do that, we also submit them completely to each other in the relationships that we are in. Let me give you a principle and then three steps today. I wanna make this practical, all right? As we think of intercession and our lives and strongholds that the enemy may dwell in. Here's the principle. We must repent of those things, we must give them over to God, and so repentance always precedes the deliverance that we are looking for. Think for a moment of an area of your life where you are not gaining victory through Jesus Christ. It is, I'm sure, because you just haven't repented and given it completely over to God in a permanent way. Now you may say, well I've tried, I've tried many times, okay, then let's go through three steps that I think will help you do that and keep it permanent, all right? I've tried these and they work for me, uh, and I continue to have to work on them all the time, and that's part of what we're going to talk about. So let's go through them together in the time we have left. Three steps. The first is this. We need to practice honesty. Honesty is the first step. We admit our struggles to God, to ourselves, and to others that are affected by our struggles or for those that we go to for help. Uh, there chances are that you already know the struggles that you have in your walk with God, the strongholds that the enemy may be holding on to in your life. If you don't, uh, the best thing to do is to, is to ask God, of course, to point them out to you, but to do that also by asking those around you who love you and care for you to point them out to you as well. They often see the blind spots that we have, and they're called blind spots because we're blind to them. Uh, I have had many people come to me and say, you have a blind spot and you need to work on those things. Um, you know, Kimberly is, is my best resource for that. And um, practicing honesty with Kimberly in our marriage is, is simply, uh, let me give you an example. You know, Kimberly may come to me and say, you know, you've been pretty insensitive in this area with me. And if uh, I am not being honest with her, I may try to become defensive and, and, and to rationalize why I have been insensitive to her. But if she comes and says, I'm a little hurt because you've been insensitive, what's the best thing I can do? Simply say, I'm sure you're probably right, Uh, I'm sure I probably have been. Help me to understand that, point it out to me and then will you walk with me through it. And then as we walk together through my insensitivity and we pray together, guess what? Our marriage gets better Uh, and that blind spot in my life uh, has been taken to God and uh, we are dealing with it, both of us, as we try to do better uh, in our marriage, working on the things that we have to do. We're honest. I'm honest with God, I'm honest with myself, and I'm honest uh, with my wife. Second step, humility. You know, it takes humility to practice that kind of honesty. And humility is really laying bare before God the stronghold of our unregenerated thinking, and then it turns into our behaving. We invite God's truth to replace our old lies that the enemy is hiding in. Think back to uh, financial security. In order to really bring that stronghold before God, we have to honestly admit that we've been living, uh, relying on ourselves and feeling the insecurity of that. And then we bring it to God and we practice humility and say, God, please, I give this to you. Take it from me and let me rely on you and practice that generosity with others, knowing that you will always take care of me and supply what I need. We use the Word of God in this, asking for the Spirit's empowering. And, you know, Frangipane, uh, to quote him, says something powerful. This has been powerful for me as I've read him again this week. Satan fears humility, he writes. He is terrified by it because humility is the surrender of the soul to the Lord, and the devil is terrified of Jesus Christ. Think about that for a minute. Let me say it one more time. Satan fears humility. He is terrified by it because humility is the surrender of the soul to the Lord and the devil is terrified of Jesus. All right, third step, thanksgiving. So after we practice honesty and after we practice humility, we then focus on thanksgiving. We focus again on God's face. I mentioned that a few weeks ago. We seek his face and his great love for us in Jesus Christ. You see, these battles that we intercede in in our own lives, and when we help others intercede in their lives, are ours to submit to and the Lord's to win through His power at work in our weakness. It is not that suddenly I am strong, it is God is strong within me. Christ is strong within me. It is His power in my weakness that achieves victory in my life. And then when I receive that victory, I thank the Lord for His transforming power. I continue to practice humility and honesty, and I watch as he chases the enemy away, he demolishes the stronghold that Satan used to live in uh, and and occupy, and he fills me with his strength and his character as I continue to follow him. Well, there's far more about intercession that we could talk about, that's enough for today, and perhaps we'll talk about it some more in the days ahead. But as we finish today, I just wanna pray for you and for myself, for all of us together, that we will confront the strongholds that, uh, that the Lord points out to us through um, His Spirit and through our own minds and through others who help us in that. And together let's ask that the Spirit of God will reveal that and then take us through the steps of honesty, humility and thanksgiving in order to move forward. Will you pray with me, please? God, as we end today, we just simply ask for that. God, point out to us the strongholds that the enemy hides in. Father, we are possessed by you, but he's good at hiding out in little areas of our life that we need to, to submit to you. And so we do that, Lord, with, with thanksgiving that you care for us today, that your love is so powerful that it, it roots out anything that the enemy may be hiding in, that you alone have the power to demolish those strongholds. Lord, point them out to us. Um, Lord, may we humbly bring them to you and submit before you and then gain the victory through you. And thank you for it, we pray in Christ. Amen. Lord be with you today.